What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Welcome to Wrestling Is Real. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Here's the future of wrestling. You can call this... The new world order of wrestling, brother. Day in and day out, I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. And whether you like it or you don't like it, learn by God to love it because it's the best thing going today. Celebrating six years of podcast excellence. Excellence. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents the Wrestling Is Real Podcast. Because wrestling needs us. King of Podcasts here with you. Another Wrestling Is Real Podcast. Thanks for joining me on the program. I got to get things started off and tell you guys to please help me out. Coming up next week, Amazon has their prime date. It's July 15th and July 16th. July 15th and July 16th. And that's your best chance to help out this program because they're going to have great deals. And where you go for all those deals, I want you to go to my special website, the way you go in to go buy your Amazon stuff, kingofamazon.com. I'm doing this off the top. Forgive me in advance. I'm not going to make this long. How about the Eufy Robot Vacuum? It's a robot vacuum that you get. You know, you know the Roombas? You ever seen those before? Remember Breaking Bad? Remember Jesse Pinkman? Remember the little Roomba, the little vacuum that would just do stuff around the house? Well, they now have a vacuum that's available for $149. Yeah, $149. When you go kingofamazon.com and there's a promo code, just look for it. A normally $224 value, it's available for $149 bucks. Then the Echo speaker, you know, a little small speaker that they got, part of the Alexa family. I actually have a tap sitting in my room. That's the one that kind of goes off every time I talk about Alexa Bliss, right? But the Echo Dot is now going to be available down 10 to 20 bucks. You're going to be able to get it normally $49 for $24.99. Or how about Alienware? M17, you can save $200 on it, $1,800. Normally $2,000, you can save $200. Plus, how about a WD? My Passport SDD, two terabyte, storming seven hundred bucks. You can get it for three hundred bucks. I'm just saying. Please, July fifteenth and July sixteenth. Remind yourselves. Go to KingofAmazon.com. Go buy something for yours truly, King of Podcasts. Please do it. It helps the show out tremendously, and this is the best week next week to help out this show. So I ask you and implore you, please go and do that before we get started, and go and go to King of Podcasts. 
Amazon.com. If you need to go to the King of Amazon page, you can look for it on the website or just go to kingofamazon.com. Please bookmark it, kingofamazon.com. And don't just use it for Prime Day. By all means, anytime you want to buy something on Amazon, bookmark kingofamazon.com. Remember that. And that's your way to get into Amazon because every time you buy from kingofamazon.com, you will greatly help out the show because I'll get a commission off of it for something that you're already going to buy. And then you help me to put more back into the show. I don't ask for much, but this is one thing I wanted to really take advantage of. If you guys can help me out with this, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you've been a fan for this show for a long time, by all means, I'm not asking you to give me money. I'm asking you to buy something so I can make some money off of it. Kingofamazon.com, kingofamazon.com. Thanks so much. Let's get into the stories. So I want to go and talk about this week. First off the bat, WWE Extreme Rules is coming up this weekend. And listen, I understand everybody is so uptight when it comes to, Jesus, man, everybody is so up and at it when it comes to the changes that WWE has been making. And I understand people are not happy with the product, but they cannot expect that, oh, for people to think that right away we're going to have instant changes and everything's going to be fine after that. No, it's not. We're not going to get instant changes that are going to fix everything overnight. It's not going to happen. But everybody expects so many changes so quickly and it's like that's impossible. You can't possibly think that's going to happen right away. It's not. And I don't know why everybody has these expectations. And I said it right off the top on the description of the show this week. That Paul Heyman and Barrick Bischoff are waiting the wings, waiting to make their changes to Raw and SmackDown Live. And they will. And they're making a couple of subtle changes. And I'm going to point out some of those changes on some of the little bit that we talk about of Raw and SmackDown Live tonight. So at least we're seeing some good things. And I want to point out some of those good things, believe it or not. Everybody wants to point out the bad. I'm going to point out the good tonight. So check that out. they got three months to get everything right. Because USA Network, for the most part, they just want the ship steered back in the right direction, right? And then as for SmackDown Live, they got to get their shit right because when they move the Fox, that's a new audience to go after. And who knows who they're going to be able to bring up after all. It's very important to them. So they have to work on stuff. I don't know what they're going to do to get there, but they have to try. Now, that said... When it comes to the ratings, well, the home run derby we know that happens every year right before the All-Star game for Major League Baseball was going to do well, and that was going to dominate the ratings. Well, the ratings still worked out really well this week. Check this out. For those that might be complaining about this, people are still watching. 2.384 million for 8 o'clock hour, hour one this week, 2.322 so we 2.349 for the 9 o'clock hour and 2.322 million for hour three. People stayed around the whole three hours. So the shorter matches, right? The shorter matches, the new talent coming in to be fresh faces, whether they're being squashed or whether they're being used in, in storylines that are not pertaining to the pay-per-view and we're not getting to see the same matches over and over and parody booking, well, that's great. Let's point that out, huh? I think that's excellent news. I also think the backstage stuff is working better. I think 
seeing some new stars getting a push and getting some life to come back into them, I think that's also very good. Just because everything is not gelling and just because Shane McMahon's on our TV three quarters of the time, well, that's not my fault. I mean, there are still stories that were here before Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman came into the picture. So what are you going to do then? You have no choice but to deal with the bullshit that's coming in. They're making the most out of what there is. And hopefully they can turn it around. And maybe they can work with what they have right now. Maybe there's something good that can come from it where a different set of eyes can make something better. I mean, really, what's wrong with that? Allow me to point out a few things that just I thought turned out actually pretty good. I just want to just show and at least put a different perspective here because I'm really... I can't stand people that are just so negative about everything. I get it. But everybody wants this so fast. I mean, come on, we're adults here. We can at least wait for things to kind of pan things out. I mean, you're not going to get this fixed overnight. We all said that. Just like the ratings don't get fixed overnight, this product will not get fixed overnight. I really wonder how people think they're going to just get things changed in two weeks or whatever it is. And it might take longer. We get it. But for those of us that, that lived it, we've seen when changes come and when change finally gets there, it's good and we're happy about it. And maybe not everybody will be on, on, on top of it right at the time it gets really popular. But let's see what happens here. It's like an underdog team. You know, I'm, I, I follow underdogs. I remember back when the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball were the shittiest team in the world. I remember rooting for them when they lost 106 games one year. It was one season in 1990. And then what happens a couple of years later? They're World Series champions. And then everything happened with that where they, you know, they did a strike and then even play a World Series. And I said, well, fuck baseball, man. I can't watch it anymore. If you're going to, if money's going to be that important, you can't play the fucking World Series and don't, I'm not getting involved. I'm just not watching. But the same thing goes with like, you know, my brother, he's a big Utah Jazz fan in the NBA. He's been waiting for years for that team to get themselves off the ground. Maybe they're finally going to get off the ground this year because the Golden State Warriors aren't as strong as they were. I'm a a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and I've been perennially upset and pissed off because this team always gets itself off the ground. You know, ever since the, the Super Bowl, what, 35, 36, nothing's happened right. I mean, what, you're talking about 13, 14 years of just shit. A couple of you know, a couple of chances we saw a chance to see the team get a little bit better. But, you know, subpar 500 years. Bullshit. And change after change after change of coach. Every three years, four years, it's the same thing. So that's what happens. But you have to keep hope up and you have to just keep following along. And there are fans that are doing that, but they can't help themselves but to vent and complain But then it's like they just can't wait for change. So without going through a full recap, Seth and Becky have their match with Andrade and Zelina, which, by the way, Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans, they come out post-match attack. Okay, great. And then we had the issue with, uh, what was it? You know, so we had Andrade and and Zelina in a match. It's something completely different. So it has the same kind of gimmick. You know, we still don't like the stipulation that's being done for the match on Sunday. It's bullshit. It's also a long fucking name for a match. Extreme rules, triple threat, all winner takes all match, something or other in the moon, sky, moon in the clouds, fucking whatever. Versus the man, the man's man, the man that was Golden Gloves champ, the man that drives the Ferrari, the man that da 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 to the sassy Southern Belle, woman's right, da 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 da. Yeah, come on. 
It all sounds stupid to me, personally. Brock Lehman, uh, Brock, uh, Brock Lehman, Brock Heyman, Paul Heyman, excuse me, Brock Lehman. Jesus, what did I say right there? Paul Heyman, God bless. I'm saying he's going to have Brock Lesnar come out, whatever. Moving along, Miz and Usos, and then they go up against Elias and the Raw Tech Team Champs. So it's a different match. Miz and Elias, they're at odds. Usos and the Revival, they've been at odds. Now, the fact you can complain about the two out of three falls match, yes, I agree with you there. Totally. It is bullshit. I don't like it. I don't think anybody else does. And so they think this is going to work. They think this idea of doing the commercial breaks like this is going to work. Look, if you're already doing the short matches, just let it be like that. You're not going to get the commercials away. I mean, we're going to have, what, 16 segments or 15 commercial breaks in three hours. That's just the way it is. Nothing you can do about it. What they used to do was used to have like a promo and then go back to commercial. And you put commercials back to back to each other or something else. But, I mean, you're not going to get away from that. That's USA instilling the amount of commercials they want per hour. They want five commercial breaks an hour. Well, they got it. And they can't find a way around it. And they're not allowed to move that commercial time around either. So they're fucked. So there's nothing they can do about it. There's there's that also that takes into account. They got to take these commercial breaks. They sold all these sponsors, which is good for WWE because they are going to get a cut of those commercials. That's what they need is the money. If they're not going to make the money off the house shows, they're not going to make the money by any more subscribers on the network. If they're losing money on house shows, they're losing money on revenue, they better get this money back on this because most importantly, if the ratings are not good for USA, then that advertising dollar better be. Because the USA Network gets a portion of that cut because they're paying for the live broadcast they're doing, which are a couple hundred thousand dollars a week, isn't it, to do this show for three hours? It's not cheap. Now, people complain about Rey Mysterio taking a hit thanks to Bobby Lashley, but, you know, yeah, I understand where people felt like Rey Mysterio took a burial, but they can reheat the guy back up. And who knows? Maybe Rey Mysterio's on the way out. We were talking about not that long ago, he was only, he was going to be extended to 18 months after his injury on the current contract that he had. So he's probably just waiting to get himself back to AAA. If not AAA, he could go MLW. He could go... I, I really think he would go do AAA. I really think that's where he would go. He would go back to AAA, back to Conan. Because right now, if things worked out for him, I don't know when his contract ends, but say he gets to go back and do maybe not the... New York show in September, but maybe he'll get to do that show at the Forum in L.A. If Raymond Stewart can get back on the card, like, remember how big a deal it was when he was the main event at Triple Mania a couple of years ago? If they brought him back, that would be a huge thing for him. And he still finds a way to make himself relevant. So let him finish up, get his money in, in WWE right now, and he'll walk out. But I don't think they have any other plans for him, so they're going to use him like they are. If they use him as a glorified squash to Bobby Lashley, which, for the sake of Rey Mysterio, if Bobby Lashley's going to be a big star, and the plan is that Bobby Lashley, who I said before Heyman and Bischoff came in, if McIntyre and Lashley became big stars here and were actually positioned to the top like they should have been, then that's good. Now, you can't do much about pulling McIntyre away from Shane McMahon. Maybe that's what happens with Shane McMahon. Maybe the... The 
alliance with Drew McIntyre will cause Shane McMahon to be the catalyst to get Drew McIntyre to become a face or Drew McIntyre will split off of Shane McMahon and they'll have something that will break that up badly and Drew McIntyre will get over. Because most importantly, what has to happen is Shane McMahon's got to get people over. Okay? Let me put it to you like this. For everybody that complains about Shane McMahon, nobody wants to talk about this. The fact of the matter is that, yes, Shane McMahon's on our damn TV all week. But it only matters if he gets somebody over. Did he get the Miz over as a babyface? Maybe. Kind of, sort of. But they haven't necessarily acted on the Miz being a babyface. But I think Miz did get a bit of success. And I think he did benefit to become a better babyface by dealing with Shane McMahon. Now, what happened was Shane McMahon never got his comeuppance. Miz never was the one that got to do it. And as for Roman Reigns and The Undertaker this weekend, will they get to do that? Well, they better. I don't understand why you bring back The Undertaker and have him lose. Or if you're going to have Roman Reigns take the pin. That doesn't make sense either. But they could do that. I mean, for my sake, I think Drew McIntyre should be the one that gets the strong out of this. But I think more than anything, Shane needs to take the pin from either Taker or Reigns. And Taker or Reigns, Taker and Reigns win this weekend. Shane has to eat the fall. He has to take the pin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It only matters for that. If that will help to build Roman Reigns, I mean, it wasn't necessarily to have this feud to get him back up and try to heat him back up. Roman Reigns is being brought in this feud because they're afraid of who else they have that is such a fucking heel that would make Roman Reigns such a face. And the truth is, whether you like it or not, we hate Shane McMahon so much. But what the problem is, Shane McMahon, either to his own credit or not, we hate him so much because he's got X-Pac heat and he's got heat because he's a dick on TV because that's what he's supposed to be, that Roman Reigns is an afterthought. I think that's the biggest problem I have with this feud is that Roman Reigns doesn't mean shit here. And I don't like that. I don't know why they, they, when they chose... When it was Miz, that's a different story. It's a different storyline altogether. But why do we do this? Now, things have already been set up where Kevin Owens is the next person to work with Shane. And I'll tell you what, if they're going to go Austin McMahon here and say, let's go Owens and Shane and try to recreate magic, I'm all for it. Let's do it. 
let's do anything here at this point. Kevin Owens is capable of being, you know, a really good babyface. I really believe that. And I think Shane would be a perfect catalyst for Kevin Owens to get there. So that's fine. But we didn't need Shane McMahon to go up against Roman Reigns. That, I think, is the more important. And listen, I can go ahead and listen all day to J.D. from New York bitch at Shane McMahon at least five or six times a broadcast in between the commercial breaks on his show. God bless him. I know he wants to get paid off of YouTube, but, man, that's a lot of commercials. I sit through them, though, just like I sit through Monday Night Raw. Just saying. And I'll give him credit. He did a really good job. And I, I, I really did agree with a lot with what he said when it came to the Impact Wrestling Simiversary pay-per-view, which I really appreciate that, too. With that said, let's go back. I got to say that with Shane McMahon, he's only as important as the storylines he does. And that's what's more important than anything else. I only hope that he figures this out and says, okay, there are certain baby faces that he needs to work with if that's his purpose. And so put him with Kevin Owens. Let's see where we go there. And personally, let's get Drew McIntyre out of this picture. We need Drew McIntyre to split off of this. Now, some people are trying to talk about hopefully that Drew McIntyre will get the lead into a match against The Undertaker at SummerSlam. Well, I don't know. But according to what I read, Undertaker is back. He's expected to take on a couple more matches. And maybe one of those matches is eventually against Drew McIntyre, which would be beneficial for Undertaker, or excuse me, for Drew McIntyre if something good came of it. Drew has to get a win on The Undertaker for it to matter, I think. So now, that's where things are with Shane. Shane's got to lose this weekend, and Shane's got to take the fall. Best in the world, that thing's got to take a hit. He's got to take a blemish. And that's what's going to help Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has to come out of this match strong. And Undertaker basically takes most of the work, but Roman Reigns gets the glory at the end. That's what's got to happen. Roman Reigns has got to get heated back up to a main event babyface. It's time for that again. And I don't know what you're going to do. Now, let me tell you something. And, and not for nothing. Don't, don't count me off on this. What are we to say... If Seth Rollins did lose and Becky Lynch did lose this weekend as well. Well, I could definitely see where Roman Reigns is brought up and then Roman Reigns could get moved over to Raw or be handled on SmackDown, whatever. But I think Roman Reigns under the wildcard rule could go after the universal title. That's where I think things could go. That If Baron Corbin, God forbid, became champion, again, it's not the best case scenario, but hear me out. If Baron Corbin is going to be your heel champion and Roman Reigns is going to be the one that comes in to take that championship back. Yes. Yeah. I like that. And, and I think people will give a shit. Maybe if you do it right, because remember this is going to be Paul Heyman is going to be running the game here. If he can get his hands on Roman Reigns and move him over to take over Baron Corbin, I have more faith of Paul Heyman getting Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns over at the same time. That's beneficial. It's a win-win. Because with Roman, me, with Baron Corbin, nothing has gotten this guy over. And I cannot believe that it all comes down to the fact that he just he's impossible to get over. I don't believe that. If they're giving him scripted promos, if they're giving him that fucking waiter's uniform, that bartender outfit, 
if they're going to keep, you know, doing the bullshit of him, oh, let's list all the things he's done, which really mean nothing when in the wrestling uh, paradigm. If you could give him more of a fucking character, if he's not just Lone Wolf, he's not just one-dimensional, give him something to fucking work with. I think the guy could talk. I think you could do something with his matches where he could be a real heel and not have to actually work a match, but be a chicken shit. Because he's not that. I think that would really work well for him to be a chicken shit heel and to have to back off and all this because I think that would be his best suit. But they're having a fight head-to-head with people. No, he's a big, tall, scaredy cat. He's a pussy. Make him like that and he'll do better. Am I wrong to think that way? Again, this is not popular thinking. Nobody else is talking like this. Are there? If it is, this is the minority. And I already know for myself, I'm the minority when it comes to wrestling podcasters. Listen, I've done this show coming up on eight years, right? Oh, excuse me, uh, seven years. And I'm not going to say that, oh, well, I'm the biggest thing since wrestling Soup and Don and Tony and Kevin Castle. No, I dropped those things because, you know, those are the shows I listen to. I listen to Solo Monster. I listen to all those guys. And I'll add keeping it, uh, uh, I listen to Off the Script, you know, and I enjoy those shows. And I enjoy keeping it 100 and I enjoy Saturday night's main event, Sunday night's main event, excuse me. And I enjoy post wrestling. That's what I listen to. And I enjoy all of it. And those people have a much bigger audience than I do. But when it comes down to it, they are talking about stuff that I'm not. I'm coming up with a different perspective. And this is the only way I can handle this because for me, I have no other way than to think of WWE in a constructive sense. I cannot go on and bash. I did that before, and you know what? I didn't feel right about it. And Jeremy G called me to the floor on it. He was absolutely right. And I think I lost audience as a result because people didn't like to hear it. I think that's another thing. There's a time where fans, I think, want to have hope. Do we? Re- I mean, there are going to be fans that are just cynical as fuck, and they're not going to want to handle listening to the same bullshit. They want somebody to vent with them. Even I like the fact I can hear JD from New York yelling to his lungs and pissed off at everything. Because sometimes I feel like that, okay? I mean, if you're thinking of, and this is an old reference, but go Google it, Howard Beale and the Movie Network. Go watch that movie. It's fantastic. Where the guy goes outside the window and he says, get out your outside your window and you yell at the top of your lungs and you say, I'm as mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. That's where we are now. We were feeling like that a few months ago. But let me give the credit where credit's due with WWE. They are trying. Man, they've been fucking trying. They did the thing in December. We're going to give you everything that you want. We're going to give you what you want. And I'm going to say this. They've been trying. They've given it the old college try. That's another old gimmick. But you know what? Go Google it. At least they've been making the effort. Now, we got a stubborn mule in Vince McMahon that does not want to change things right away. And why do it when you've had it working for 20 years plus? He had to go through that before, after what, the 80s and 90s and having success? And Vince McMahon doesn't like the fact that, oh, my God, I did it again. We're at a downtrend. Nobody likes a downtrend, but you know what? Much like a sports franchise, you have your bad years. You got to bring yourself back up, but people will continue to follow you and stay loyal to you. So you have to keep trying. You have to keep going. There's no other way around it. So all you could do, stay behind the product, 
Let's see if they get somewhere. I mean, shit. Having Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman on board, they tried Bruce Pritchard. They tried Jeff Jarrett. They tried, you know, they've tried the gimmicks like the 24-7 title. They've tried the 203 Falls matches. They've tried to cut the matches shorter. They're doing backstage segments again. They're trying. They're bringing in new people. I mean, Street Profits gets a lot of time now. They're trying to bring other players back into the game, trying to reheat them again. Shinsuke Nakamura took a win over Finn Balor, the IC champ. You put Cedric Alexander in a main event storyline this week. Whether it was good or not, That's but that remains to be seen. And then you have Zelina Vega and Andrade getting a chance to get in storyline somewhere, at least doing something. Mike Maria doing something. You have a reason for Sarah Logan to finally come on out and have a match and forever. You get no, no way Jose a reason to do something. You get Cesaro doing something. They're trying, man. This is the point where we're all going to look back at this and we're going to say to ourselves, man, look at where they got to, to where they got to today. Because they're going to have a comeuppance, okay? The, the, the renaissance, the awakening, the return of greatness for WWE is coming back. There's no way it doesn't happen. Do you understand? That's going to happen again. Everybody's going to get what they want. They're going to find their way back. And I, I totally believe that's going to happen. And that's at the end of the day, another cliche. They're going to make their way back. And I believe it. But most importantly, with this program, with my platform, I explain this to you each and every week. Don't just watch WWE. And if you feel like NXT is enough to give you a boost, well, then good for you. But like I said, there's other program out there, programming out there that's out there. And it's not just AEW. Hey, man, I'm glad for All Elite Wrestling, okay? I am not looking at them as the... You know, as the super number two that's going to take on and recreate the Monday Night Wars. I've told you this time and time again. All Elite Wrestling has done enough right now to position themselves as the number two North American promotion. Period. And let me tell you something. Uh, Impact Wrestling after the same anniversary, if the Access TV deal, as we've been talking about, if that comes to pass, Impact Wrestling will find their way back into the number three spot. They will be right behind. They will be right behind All Elite Wrestling. And, I mean, Access TV isn't going to get the audience, but at least Impact Wrestling will be back on the map. They'll at least be back in the conversation again. I believe that. Because nobody's watching them on Pursuit of Twitch. Not enough to really go by it. And there might have been a bit of buzz for Impact right now coming off of Slimiversary, but there's not going to be much after. Like, people are not going to stay buzzed about Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan. I don't believe that's going to happen. And that's where they're going to be at. And that's unfortunate, but they're doing such a damn good job. MLW getting their first pay-per-view coming up in November, November 2nd, Saturday Night Super, Super Fight. I'm so glad for those guys. They're going to finally get a chance to go up on pay-per-view. I'd love to see a three-hour pay-per-view for these guys. If I got to go ahead and see the Hart Foundation, Contra and the new champion, Jacob Fatu, which, by the way, had a hell of a match with T- Filthy Tom Lawler. That match happened in the King of Coliseum show, which was all on BN Sports. That was fantastic over the weekend. You have Ollie Wrestling. They just had Fighter Effects two weeks ago. 
Fighter Fest, excuse me, and Fight for the Fallen is coming up this weekend. Another interesting pay-per-view. You know, Cody and Dustin versus the Young Bucks. We got we got some good matches going on this coming weekend as well. And you know what? Not for nothing. We're going to get a chance. For, for me, I'm going to get the first chance to see Evolve. That's not been easy to watch on television either, but if they're going to put on the WWE Network, I'm going to watch it. I want to see for myself who's out there because I've heard some of the names. And I've It's nice to see another promotion. So I'm, I want to see this for myself and see who I know and find out who I haven't heard about yet that I should be hearing about because obviously Evolve has brought open the door for a number of people to go to NXT and to the main roster. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. Now, Ring of Honor will take a back seat because they're rebuilding and they're not on a good channel. I mean, they're not in a good place where they could get really noticed. So there's that problem too. So with all that right there, there is good to be said among the major independents. And in the meantime, we have that to keep an eye on and to follow along while we're waiting for WWE, the major leagues to get their shit together and get back on track. Cause they kind of, they, they, played on autopilot for a long damn time honestly they've been able to go autopilot with what they've had and skid across and go on a slight curve down which went with the trend of everyday way watching on television because everybody went to digital streaming or you know on demand viewing because that's what happened in the last what 10 15 years first it was tivo on demand dvr now we're at Netflix, and look at the, the Netflix society we have now. Everybody's watching on streaming, right? I mean, who's keeping their, their, their TVs on cable and just flipping through channels? Not too much. So all this here is happening, and you just got to remind yourself, remember that there's other wrestling to watch. There's more to enjoy than just this. So give yourself time to enjoy it. We'll get there. They're going to get back. I guarantee you they're going to make their way back, and they will be better for it. So, like I said, Cesaro now getting strong and took on Noah Jose. They had a little TV feud right now. Viking Raiders, they're trying to bring them back up again. They're trying to, you know, put them in a better spot. At least do a little bit more than they did like they did as the War Ra- as the War Ma- Raiders or the War Machine and make something more of them. So, I'm hoping to wait for that. So, that's good. You know, Ricochet and the uh, that TGI Friday booking, well, parody booking because he got to take on Gallows and Anderson, which I didn't care much for, but that was the fill time. They still got to fill three t- three hours, which is not going to be easy. Then they did the beat the clock challenge, another time killer, and just to eat up time. But Nikki Cross having her match against Dana Brooke, and Dana Brooke doesn't get much airtime. Sarah Logan doesn't get much airtime. I think she likes Sarah Logan's look here, more like the Viking werewolf kind of thing, and you know, looking more towards her character. And by the way, I mentioned something on Twitter, and I got to tell you something. Well, I'll talk about that too. Uh, I'll tell you in a second because I want to talk about the couples. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
and WWE because I made a mention of that and just asked myself, man, how interesting is it of the people that have contracts and of those couples that are around? And I'm just wanting a bit of a ploy, and I have a bit of a theory, and I'm sure some of you have read this as well, but I'm just going to get back to this in a little bit. We'll, we'll get back to that. So now, Bailey and Nikki Cross, they have that whole story. Alexa Bliss is not there. And then we had Shane and Drew go up against uh, Gary the Goat Garbutt, a.k.a. Cedric Alexander, in disguise. Which I thought it was actually decent because I really didn't want to see a janitor come out here and go take on in the match. But, you know, they, whatever, they did what they did with it, which is fine. And again... We have to wait for Extreme Rules to get done because right now they got a lot of shitty matches and they got the they have to go through a clusterfuck this weekend to try to get things right. So it's not this has not been fun for people to go through all this that's going on with the comp with the company. Okay, nobody's necessarily happy about how this is all going on. Extreme Rules came at a bad time because obviously they were not ready to put matches together that were Extreme Rules matches. So they had to work with what they did and they've had to put some stipulations together late. So, so far, we only have, what, no holes barred match. They should have just called an extreme rules match, but they're not. Because they're not going to have weapons in the match, most likely. They could have just put in a hell on a cell, but they're not going to do that either. I don't know. Something steel cage, something like that. But the one match they have that's extreme rules, if they got to say one, is the last chance, winner takes all, mixed tag team extreme rules match. That is too fucking long and convoluted. For my own taste. That said, SmackDown, better start. I mean, the fact that Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens were a team last week, that didn't get me much interest. But then after that, we saw Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon go at it. They made that the crux of uh, what was going on tonight. New Day dealing with heavy machinery and heavy machinery having a little bit of a buzz off of there, which was good. Samoa Joe cutting a good promo, Kofi Kingston. So there's some matches to go in and pre, to enjoy coming up. So far, 10 matches are on the card. They have not mentioned if any matches are going to be on the pre-show, which is another thing that's a problem where there's just, you know, somebody talked about, what was it, Brian, Brian Alvarez actually basically mentioned the fact that after Raw this week, he felt like we are now at WCW 2000. And we are. We're totally there. Convoluted storylines, they're doing a bad job at continuity, doing a bad job at trying to explain things. They're not doing that either, right? All of that's going on, that's not good. I don't enjoy that either. So those are a lot of problems they're having. They need to fix that and nip it in the butt. Like this, you know, where things don't get explained, where matches don't get explained. Like they were always better at that than WCW at that, and they need to get back to that. That's a problem. But at least... The last couple of weeks, while we knew that Heyman and Bischoff were bat, were now actually kind of putting a little bit of influence in. I mean, you could tell Heyman has put some influence into Raw. Can't, I don't know if Bischoff has done much with SmackDown yet. I know we're going to see more of his footprint or his his hand handprints all over SmackDown Live after Extreme Rules. But we're at the Go Home Show. We got to where we were. Let's talk about what we have when it comes to Extreme Rules. Let's go and do a little preview predictions real quick. So I'll start with the Revival. Dawson and Wilder versus the Usos in a tag team match for the Raw Tag Team titles. 
I'm going to say the Usos win. They retain, they'll get the titles. I think that's where, to me, I think you let the Usos get a chance to go ahead and hold the titles, brag, and do something more with them. I don't know where you go with them next. So I don't know what the next tag team they're going to take on next. I think Gallows and Anderson should be that. So I would say Gallows and Anderson should go out to the Usos and let's get them in a feud. And then you know what you do? Then you can have AJ and Ricochet have their deal with the U.S. title. And you could have Ricochet and the Usos take on the club. And you could have some good matches, some kind of variations of that coming up towards SummerSlam. That's not a bad idea. So I think the Usos win. I don't know where the rival go, but, you know, they've held the belts. They have not done much with the belts. But then again, what have they been offered to do anything more with the belts? You know, it's what it is. Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman, last man standing match. Well, we haven't seen Braun Strowman. We don't know what kind of condition he's supposed to be in. They said ruptured spleen, then they stopped talking about ruptured spleen. But I think Bobby Lashley gets over on Braun Strowman, and why not? Braun Strowman has no heat whatsoever. Oh, just because he pushed a, a tractor trailer or semi the other week, had a little bit of the, t- the tug of war. He was able to push uh, Bobby Lashley through the LED board which I heard now that, what, the stages for Raw and SmackDown are going to get changed. They're going to get an Attitude Era look. Well, good. Okay. Do whatever you got to do. You know, we don't need the super boards. Maybe they're going to bring back the pyro. Maybe that's what make, that's going to make people happy again. Maybe that's what they have to do. Who knows? I don't think it's a bad idea. Now, so I say Bobby Lashley because I think Bobby Lashley needs to be a guy. Here's the deal. If... Seth Rollins wins over Baron Corbin, then Bobby Lashley should be the next person in line to take on Seth Rollins. Because I think Drew McIntyre, him and either Undertaker or Roman Reigns, something like that, that, that needs to be the next thing. I mean, Drew McIntyre needs to be doing something else. And at this moment, I don't know if he's on, I don't know which brand he's on anymore. But isn't he on, uh, well, as long as Shane McMahon is holding on to him, then I don't know if Seth Rollins is going to get into a program with him. So I don't expect that. But I'm going to guess, and I'm kidding you not, I'm going to guess that Bobby Lashley will win. And then I'll say for the singles match, WWE United States Championship, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. I say Ricochet beats AJ. We could see a DQ finish. I wouldn't like that, but they could do that. But I say Ricochet retains the title. Aleister Black versus Cesaro. I think Aleister Black gets the win. He'd have to get the win. And maybe him and Cesaro have a back and forth with each other. Who knows? But what is Cesaro going to add to the the game to make Aleister Black get over? Because that's got to be something they're thinking about here. Triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown tag team titles. Daniel Bryan and Rowan, champions against the New Day. Biggie and Xavier Woods versus Heavy Machinery. And I'm going to say Heavy Machinery win. And Heavy Machinery and the New Day get into a feud. I think that's what's next for those three teams. And I think Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan should step back off and start going back after the title again. So I think Daniel Bryan, I, I wish he could go after Kofi Kingston, but I don't know. But they may, maybe Daniel Bryan might have something, somebody else to work uh, against. I don't know what that'll be, but you could do something with him, I guess. 
I don't know who you would put them up, pair them up with, but there's got to be somebody that can that decided to bring back up that are going to be able to put in this somewhere somehow. Drew Gulak, I think, will retain the title, the cruiserweight title over Tony Nese, the 205 Live Belt. I think Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to win the handicap match for the SmackDown Women's title because we got to have the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross storyline happen. I mean, the eventual progression of the storyline, I'd have to believe, is the co-champions thing needs to happen. We need to see Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss try to coexist with that belt. And Alexa Bliss turning bitchy and, you know, turning off on Nikki Cross about the fact that she had the belt. That's got to happen, too. I don't think Kofi Kingston is going to drop the belt to Samoa Joe. It doesn't feel like anything like that. They're not ready to drop the belt on him. If they're going to drop the belt for Kofi Kingston, it's going to be at SummerSlam. That's where I think they're going to do it. And it won't be Samoa Joe unless they build Samoa Joe up better. And Samoa Joe could very well do like a DQ here. We never know. Or there could be some extreme rules plunder here. I can imagine that. Like, I don't know, something. But I think Kofi keeps the belt another month. I think Taker and Reigns have to beat Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. That's got to happen. Roman Reigns has to get over here, and Shane McMahon has to take a pin. He has to be humbled. Because Shane McMahon, remember, as the heel, he needs to get people over. There's no use for him to be the top guy. He's 49 years old. There's nothing for him that gets him over as being over. He's over now. And he'll stay over with whoever he's going to be on against, but let him take losses. That's fine. And split Drew McIntyre off of the whole mix. That's what's going to happen, too. And I think Baron Corman and Lacey Evans are going to win the last chance, winner takes all, mixed tag team, extreme rules match for both the WWE Universal Championship and the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Yes. I'm going to go out there and say that. There you go. Now, let me get to my point about couples. On Twitter, I forgot who it was that said anything about this, but I did want to make this point here. Let me uh, point out what was going on. So on Twitter, I'm looking right now for what I said, and I put it as simple as this. I mentioned, does anyone else think that WWE encourages backstage relations just to keep superstars under contract? And I quickly just decided to put together a quick list of people that are together since they came in to the company. Okay. Cause as we've been hearing all the contracts that are being put into place, right? We're hearing a lot about, well, Gals and Anderson re-signing for half a million dollars each per year over the next five years, quarter million dollars each for, Mike and Maria Canellas over the next five years. And there are others getting the same way as well, right? So you got that also to think about. And then you think about, well, look at all the people that have gotten together. It's not like the Olympic Village where people just get together for a fling. No, we're actually having people that are getting together and getting married, okay? So look at the ones that we know that are married. I didn't even get everybody off the top of my head, but let me just give a quick list. As we mentioned, John Moxley met Renee Young while in WWE, right? We got Charlotte 
and Andrade, they're a couple. Are they engaged? I'm not sure if they've gotten there yet. Zelina and Alistair Black, and they are married. Eric and Sarah, so Eric, uh, which you don't have the name of, was Raymond Rowe and Sarah Logan from the Riot Squad, right? So Eric from the War Raider, from the War, uh, to be Viking Raiders, Sarah from Riot Squad, they're married. Lana and Rusev, they're married. Ms. and Maurice, they're married. Daniel and Bree, they're married. Seth and Becky are right there in the same league. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of things that are going on there. Because other than that, who's do we know that's, that's mostly single over there? Like, I would be surprised if Baron Corbin's probably meeting some tail over there or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, I mean, some of the others, it's there's probably some reason why they're not, right? But really, and we know that normally in wrestling, there are couples that are together that are from different groups, like what Adam Cole and Britt Baker. We know about, well, there's Cody and Brandy Rhodes. That was another couple that came with it, right? CM Punk and AJ Lee, another great example, right? This is the kind of stuff that happens, but it's much more common now. And you got to think that part of the thing that was a big factor for CM Punk before he left from his contract, right? The other thing you probably have to think was another factor because, like, it's a double whammy. Not only are you dropping the contract because you want to leave for whatever reason, you're also leaving your spouse behind. And that's another point. Oh, my God. Sean Spears. And Peyton Royce. Remember that? I remember hearing this story from Chris Van Vliet when Chris Van Vliet interviewed him. The fact of the matter is that Sean Spears, he had to consult with his wife because he was like, he's afraid about leaving her there. And like Peyton Royce was completely supportive. Again, same way that happens, right? It's again, the same thing goes. There is something to be said about another unguent that goes on with this company on how they're able to keep people around. And that might be something that I think is even more encouraged now because when you have other companies that are out there, and remember, this has been like going on for a long time, but really in the last couple of years, you see that, right? It's much more common to see couples together and not being split apart as well. They're both working together because by WWE accepting them as a couple and getting them in to work together as a team, if that works some way, somehow, and they're able to pe- keep these people under contract while having them go somewhere else, then that works for them. So they're using to, to an advantage. Listen, when WWE is working, when you have superstars that are working together with other superstars that are beautiful people, right? Like how many people do we have out of this whole group that are attractive? Like we talk about, I mean, Every woman on the roster is attractive, right? All the guys on the ro- on the main roster, yeah, they're gonna get some guy. They're gonna get some girls. I don't have a doubt on that. So that's what happens, and that's where they go. That's how things get moved along. And so as long as they do this, they don't give a shit. They just decide. Well, they'll put these couples together, and they'll say, "All right, we'll do that anyway. It doesn't matter." These are the kind of things that I think about, and I think, you know what? That's probably another another part of the mix of what's going on when it comes to stars that they want to, if they decide to leave, well, you know, maybe they're encouraged to 
frolic backstage because maybe there was a taboo about it before, but there's not now. We notice that. I don't remember the time where Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch would be called out for their for their uh, their getting together, and all of a sudden, look at this down there is being portrayed on camera. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that can happen. It's very crazy, but it it could be true. I wouldn't be surprised. So, like I said, the Home Run Derby did get five point three million people watching it, so it blew blew up. What Monday Night Raw did. But still, for Monday Night Raw to only drop a little bit off the normal beat tells you that what they're doing right now, the product is stable. At the moment, last couple of weeks, they're stable. That's good for into SummerSlam. That's good for them leading into going into October. I mean, because at this moment, if they get to stay 2.5 million people on Raw and they're able to get themselves at a certain spot to get things right when it comes to getting SmackDown Live in a good spot and, and really with a lot of momentum going into October on Fox, then they will be able to pull three, four, five million viewers. I mean, for something that's going to be on network TV, that's going to be huge for them because what else do they have? That's really what it comes down to. So... Look at the ratings. Look at the way the crowd's responding. They're not shitting over over the product, right? And we're talking about this without completely shitting all over the product. We're actually just complaining again. Everybody's just complaining again. We're not saying, oh, woe is us, the chicken little sky is falling on WWE. No, no, no. We're actually getting somewhere. There's actually very little progress. And I pointed out what that was. There's very little progress, so I give them that. That's good. And as long as they do that, they'll stay ahead of the game and they will be able to not be deterred by anything that happens with All Elite Wrestling. Because All Elite Wrestling, no matter what, you know, whatever chance they thought they had of catching WWE at a weak, at a weak point, I think... WWE's done what they need to do in order for them to not have that weak spot and to not become vulnerable to a weekly program that could pull in a million viewers, possibly maybe more because people want an alternative, but no matter what, all the wrestling's already coming in with momentum. They're going to have a certain amount of audience that's going to watch their show. And depending on what they do at all out sky's the limit. They're getting pay-per-views on, so they're at least getting more exposure. And when they put all these free shows on Bleacher Report Live, people are watching it, they're talking about it, and the more they talk about it, the more new people come in, into the mix, the better. But for all elite wrestling, it still comes down to the fact they do, still need to bring in new stars. They have to get a few more people into that roster to build things up. They have some feuds but they need to be able to fill up everything to go ahead and put a weekly TV format out there and to put another strong show because they cannot keep relying on a couple of major storylines of their own talent and they have to bring in people from outside to continue to build up, whether they have to bring in the Japanese women or they have to bring in people from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla or wherever or AAA. They have to do something more. So all league wrestling's got work to do. And yes, they're not going to rely on WWE talent. 
So the one thing they can do, which I hope they don't, is that Impact Wrestling needs to find that deal on Access TV. Because I think that's one of the one of the things that's going to happen that will continue to keep the talent that they're bringing on to that roster. Because what they're doing right now with their roster is great, but I am uh, I'm curious as to what happens to Killer Cross. Would he be able to get out of his contract? And if he does, I don't see why AEW doesn't pick him up. That's a guy I think that would benefit from having Tessa Blanchard. It was smart for this company to assign her to a couple-year deal in the first place. That was huge for her. Jordan Grace getting signed to a, to a couple-year deal. Good for them as well. Rosemary also signed. They did sign a lot of talent. Now, the one team, I'm really curious what's going to happen. LAX might possibly take the jump. And I said this before, that LAX probably would benefit going against the Young Bucks. You could see a lot of good going on with that. Or the Lucha Brothers re, uh, regenerating that feud, reinvigorating that feud, reheating it. There's a lot there. Private party, there's there's a tag team division in the works. And who knows, maybe some of the singles talent might get put together. We don't know. But LEX, I think, is the next free agent group because of how they were handled on Slammiversary this weekend. Maybe they are on the way out. And they will be working AAA, but if they're able to work a deal where they can work AAA or work other places, and Conan's able to foster that deal, and it was able to get something where All Elite Wrestling will put them in, just like the Lucha Brothers, and they get that kind of sweet deal, they're going to go there. And LAX is already over. It's just going to be better for him to move here. So I can see that happening. And that will be good for All Elite Wrestling. And I think LAX is a standout team that would get buried they would might do good in NXT, but I don't see that at all. For me, most important, I think LEX needs to make sure that Conan is still part of this. Because Conan is the gel that puts that together. Lucha Brothers can stand alone by themselves. But I think LEX are served best by having them work with. Now, what if all E-Wrestling doesn't take them? Well, I mean, there's going to be companies going to be asking for them. They're going to be clamoring to bring on LEX. If if there was ever a way for Major League Wrestling to take him on, I would love that. I think Major League Wrestling would do a fantastic job with LAX. That's another thing I got to say. With MLW getting pay-per-views, do, you, do I expect other players to come into the game? Like, they just did bring in Austin Aries. Contra's doing good. You know, they, they are they're definitely prestigious about their belts. You know, they also have the work of having certain stars working in there. I mean, unfortunately, MJF is, I guess, not going to get to work in MLW much longer. He's going to be out, out the door working for All Elite Wrestling because I don't know if that's going to stay together because I don't know if if MJF is going to be exclusive still or not. But there's got to be some people that are going to be brought into the mix that MLW can benefit from to help build upon them because they're now going to have a pay-per-view. And hopefully the more pay-per-views are going to come on board. Hopefully they can get to a point where they get to quarterly time of pay-per-views every three months. That will be beneficial, just like Impact Wrestling's getting. I would love that. I think that will be great. So LAX is going to have places to go. Impact Wrestling needs the help of TV. MLW needs the help of pay-per-view. 
because they need to be able to keep their people. Because we know there's going to be a bidding war for any free agent possible. Anybody running out of a contract when it comes to WWE or All Elite Wrestling. We all have to keep that in mind. And that's where we're coming with it. Now, anyway, let me go through one other pay-per-view i got to mention. Because we do know that this weekend we are going to have Fight for the Fallen. And let me go ahead and bring that up and bring up that card. And we'll tell you about what's going to be on that. So that's on Saturday night. So now, I didn't bring up Evolve's 10th anniversary. I'm going to talk about that real quick. So in that, we're going to have NXT title match, which is great. We're going to get some NXT matches as well. Adam Cole will defend the NXT championship versus Akira Tozawa. And I think Adam Cole retains. I don't think he's going to lose, drop the belt on an Evolve show, even though it is on the network. And by the way, 2300 Arena. WWE Network and WWE programming in any way, shape, or form. They're going to do a show at 2300 Arena. What the hell, man? Small crowd. We're going to get an indie show on the network. And they're, and obviously, they're going to have to have their influence of how the program is going to look, which I'm fascinated. I'm wondering what WWE is going to do to try to like gloss up and really enhance and polish this show because they're going to obviously do that if they're going to have that on TV. Austin Theory, the Evolved Champion versus WWN Champion J.D. Drake. I've heard of both of these guys. Never had a chance to watch. So it's both championships of the line. Champion versus champion winner take all. That's an interesting. Uh, I want to see what that's all about. So now Evolved Tag Team Titles. It's Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy. Remember Eddie Kingston being part of the OGs. And Impact. And Eddie Kingston's been in the in the Indies for a long ass time. He's worked a lot of places. I know he was also NWA at some point as well. So him and Joe Gacy versus A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff. And they're coming to you by Ayla and the Skulk. So I don't know about them. I want to see what it is. Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak. Anthony Henry versus Arturo Ruas or, Arturo Ruas, or Adrian Jaud. Babatunde, which that's a guy that's uh, been NXT and is a guy in, in the works, versus Colby Carino, Steve Carino's son. It's good to see where he's at now. Fatal four-way match, it'll be Kurt Stallion versus Sean Maluda versus Stephen Wolf versus Harlan Bravado. Do not know these people. And the other matches that we have, I don't know, but I'm curious to watch. Josh Briggs versus Anthony Green, accompanied by Brandy Lauren, and Brandy Lauren herself will have a match against Shotzi Blackheart. I'll have more to talk about that coming up. So I'm interested in all of that. That'll be cool. Let's talk about Fight for the Fallen real quick. That's coming up this Saturday as well. I'll find ways to watch both. It doesn't matter to me. So fight for the Fallen. At the same time, 8 o'clock, Jacksonville, Florida. Brandy Rose versus Allie. I think Allie wins over... No, I think Brandy Rose wins over Allie. Kenny Omega versus Sema. I think Kenny Omega's got to stay strong. He's got to win. And his match going towards John Moxley at All Out. Cody and Dustin versus Young Bucks. I think Young Bucks have to go over. Cody obviously is the one that doesn't mind, you know, either taking a taking a draw or taking a big hit in the, you know, getting beat down, beat down and squeaking out wins. Kip Sabian versus Adam Hangman Page. Hangman's got to win this because he's got to stay strong for Chris Jericho. You could let him lose, but that wouldn't look good, I don't think. Interesting match. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Six-man tag. Jimmy Havoc, 
Darby Allen and Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. Wow. So how is how are MJF and Sean Spears supposed to work together? I don't know where they're going to explain that, but I think Havoc, Arl, Allen, and Janela have to win this because I think MJ and Sean Spears has to be some kind of a few that comes up. I know Hangman Page is in the mix somewhere sometime for MJF, but I think MJF and Sean Spears would be a good start. They've already kind of already planted the seeds for them. Lucha Brothers versus SCU. I think Lucha Brothers have to win. I mean, Lucha Brothers have to get built back up. You got to give them a win here. Um, they're having to lose like they did twice. Let's get them back up. And then Sonny Kiss versus the Librarian Peter Avalon, accompanied by Leave Vates. And librarians, if they're going to keep pushing that storyline up, they want to make that something, they're going to have to take a win. So that's where I think that goes as well. Raheem's just thinking about the October 4th SmackDown coming up. So the word is John Cena will probably be appearing on that show. He'll be in Los Angeles during that week. Dave Meltzer is reporting that they're going to look to load up on celebrities because they want a big event feel, similar to a big UFC or boxing event. And they're going to be at the Stable Center in L.A. for that October 4th SmackDown Live. Even The Rock might make an appearance, but there's been no talks about him appearing on the show. Still three months away. And Dave Meltzer noted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Fox has been testing out new cameras to use on the debut show on October 4. One of the ideas was to use a post-game show on Fox Sports 1 for the debut episode only. That's all that's been talked about. Also, a red carpet event as part of their effort to make this a must-see event so that they can start off with a monster rating. So they're going to put a lot behind it. The product's got to step up there as well. Now, Sean Ross app did some really good investigative work, which I'm curious to read about. It's about the internal act inactive list. I got to talk about this before I wrap things up. So Sean Ross Sepp talked about he featured AJ Styles debunking Dave Meltzer of the wrestling observers claim that he had been sidelined with a hernia. And Meltzer claimed that the news came from an internal injury report, which many doubted. And Fightful was able to corroborate Fightful.com that WWE does, in fact, keep a list of inactive talent. The document that FIFO learned of was a bit different than the standard injury report. It enlists it lists talent instead that were injured and also includes a list of talent that were not, weren't able to be used for a specific week of TV tapings. For instance, Naomi and the Usos were listed as on vacation. Finn Bauer was included because he was in Ireland. Alexa Bliss was listed as having an illness keeping her out Tuesday. There are also estimated return times listed and updates on status. From wrestlers having evaluations on their injuries scheduled to a full or non no-contact list, the no-contact list is particularly interesting because it contains active performers such as Paige, but also wrestlers like Scott Hall, who are never on WWE television. Ronda Rousey is not listed at all. So that was interesting to read that. Wanted to make that point as well. And by the way, I also saw on YouTube, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I heard that... Somebody in the social media side of WWE really made a boneheaded move. They put the full SmackDown Live from, I think it was last week or this week. They put it up by mistake. <laughs> I think it's down off of YouTube, but I thought I was kind of funny. Well, anyway, that's going to be it for the show. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for finding us. By all means, do keep in touch. Um, Amazon Prime Day next week. Remember, King of Amazon.com. Please help me out here. I hope some of you will make the choice to go ahead and buy something 
to help support the show and just buy something because you need some from Amazon. Because remember, everything you can buy on Amazon is cheap. I've talked about it and I hope you'll give it a shot. Enjoy Extreme Rules. We will do a post show about that. If I get to have the chance, I will talk about the Evolve 10th anniversary and Fight for the Fallen on the same show. So we will have a post show jam-packed this Sunday here on the Wrestling is Real podcast because wrestling needs us. Thank you for listening to the Wrestling is Real podcast brought to you by KingofAmazon.com. By Amazon. Help support the King of Podcasts. Shop now at KingofAmazon.com. Subscribe to the Wrestling is Real podcast and King of Podcasts, other podcasts, the Broadcasters Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also support the show with a donation through PayPal or Cash App. Look for the links at kingofpodcasts.com.